A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? We are back with another recap of Sunday Night Football. To Swiftish Podcast. How are you doing, Shelby? Good, 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 good. I've never talked so much about football in my life, but um, here we are. <laughs> now, are you talking about football or are you talking about the views during the game? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen so many opinions on everything that I just don't have one of my own. Like, I can't bring myself to, like, really care as much as other people seem to on both sides like it's like she went to the game she brought her posse she was like having a good time but then the NFL was like so thirsty they were like cutting to her constantly um there's like pre-game stuff where they were explaining football to Swifties tuning in which is just so paternalistic but whatever um and then like the voice did like a whole summary of it right before they closed out their thing it was just like it's a wild how like thirsty everyone around like Taylor is or the story to just be like the one with the funniest tweet, the one with like the biggest headline. And it feels like such a departure from like 1989 last year where she was arguably her biggest and there was all this talk about overexposure and she was like the media was against her then for like trouting, you know, trotting out her like squad goals like being unrelatable and looking so beautiful and thin with all her beautiful and thin white friends and it was like everyone was waiting for her to stumble whereas now it's like the media is like all for her but it's causing the public to be like this is a lot <laughs> yeah everybody like the media is just lifting her up and really like you said they're very thirsty because Taylor joining anything is huge. You know, she attended the Jets versus Chiefs game. Like she said, her posse is with her. We had Hugh Jackman, Sabrina Carpenter, Blake and Ryan. Um, Some other people were there as well, but they were getting Super Bowl viewership for this show. 27 million viewers on average and then going into the second quarter 29 million people were viewing it so they're just like how do, how do we keep this up because there was a point a few years ago where like sunday night football nfl the viewership was going down a bit not i mean it's not mm-hmm. like people are worrying about their jobs but it, it was going down and now yeah. just taylor coming like the, even the thought of taylor going to a football game or even cheering (laughs) on a team has really changed things very dynamically. It's such a weird, it's a weird thing, but I see why, you know, they were Swifties for football because leading up to that week, people were sharing those kind of videos that were getting millions of views. And so of course they're going to just lay into that and kind of make fun of it. But I don't know. Even even Travis and Jason think that it's a little much on the yeah. I don't listen. I, I don't listen to their podcast. I just Google and Google tells me what they've said. So I am not one of their you know extra listeners. They've gone through <laughs> Taylor, but their one of their episodes was the NFL needs to calm down. And Jason yeah. was asking Travis, you know, were they overdoing it with the Taylor Swift coverage? And t- Travis was like. I think everyone is just like overwhelmed. I think it brings a little more to the atmosphere. It brings a little bit more to what you're watching. But at the same time, I think, and then Jason was like, they're overdoing it. And then (laughs) Travis continued. I know that I brought up all this attention to me. I'm the one that did this whole friendship bracelet thing and told everybody how butthurt I was that I didn't get to meet Taylor. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take baby what's real is that my personal life I want to respect both of our lives not just in the media or she's not in the media as much as I am doing the show every single week Um, well that was from last week's that was from last week and I and then my my mind went to a different spot oh no worries (laughs) yeah no so she he this week after the Jets game which was like 
where again everyone was going wild Mm -hmm. they were like yeah the nfl isn't used to celebrities coming to games like basketball has it figured out you show them once let them know you're there and then you don't go overboard with it and i think that's an interesting point because yeah i i do feel like to your point nfl doesn't know how to be relevant because Mm -hmm. it hasn't been like the place to be for major celebrities as much as you've seen them at basketball games and whatnot so Maybe they are just like, you know, a kid in a candy shop trying to figure out how how far they can run with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it seems like at some point there has to be a realization that it's too much and that'll either come at the cost of Taylor Swift, Taylor and Travis or like these thirsty little conglomerates who are trying to make any viral tweet like sell their business more. Yeah, I did I hear know. a rumor, and I and I don't remember who or where I heard it from, but that the NFL is working with something with Taylor Swift that they have something in the works, which I'm interested in in seeing that. And I'm also interested in your take. Did we talk about last week if you think that this is a publicity relationship or a real relationship? I think we sort of touched on it, but. I think it's clear that they're both benefiting. I don't think that mm-hmm. means that their parties were like, they came together and they're like, okay, we're going to make this narrative and it's going to be like this and you guys will get this and you guys get this, sign on the dotted line, let's make it go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is interesting that Taylor throughout her career has sort of like stumbled into trying something with the NFL, like whether that was the lover like announcement at the NFL pre-show or like her performance at the Super Bowl like pre-party like it's weird or she like premiered ready for it during a game or something yeah, during like, I think it was college <laughs> football yeah so it's like does she love football or is this like she's been trying to like infiltrate and she's finally like getting what the project she wants or whatever I don't know mm-hmm. it's it's an odd relationship it's always been odd to me whenever she randomly like aligns herself with them while also never ever being interested in the halftime show which she could 100% get if she wanted. Mm-hmm. So I guess when it comes to their relationship, I I don't think they're in a relationship yet. I feel like yeah. he flirted publicly. She was like, hey, why not? Like, let's see how this goes. It seems like it's everything she wants right now, which is kind of like lighthearted attention. Like no one's harassing her about her white supremacist boyfriend No one's, like, asking if she's depressed about her long-term breakup. Like, it's just more frivolity and, like, flirty Mm funness. And so even if it ends up being serious, it seems like right now it's just really playful. And I think that's why a lot of her – a lot of insider reports from her side seems to emphasize, like, yeah, they're talking every day. Yeah, she's having fun with it. But she's headlining a tour. But she's blah, 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 blah. But this is just Mm -hmm. fun. So – well, I don't know. interesting enough, I, I read two things today, and I think one of them you're probably, you probably already aware of, but the first one was that she just used this weekend's games against the Jets to change the alg- algorithm of when you Google Taylor Swift jet, you no longer get, you, you know, she's ruining the atmosphere and the world, because when yeah, you Google Taylor that. Swift jet, you Google you see responses that you know, Taylor Swift's at the Chief and Jets game. And then I read this article all about how people changed all the a- a- algorithm. Like I think uh, Lindsay Lohan with Xanax, she put off put out a song called Xanax. So it's not her on Xanax anymore. And I was like, that's weird. That's very yeah, strange. No. I mean, it's a good strategy, <laughs> but for me to believe that was intentional would mean that she was playing some sort of long con of like, okay, yeah. I'm going to start flirting with the Chiefs player and then this and then that whereas if she'd Mm -hmm. wanted that she could have just gone to the Jets game you know like yeah like it seems like more of a you know coincidence than like Mm -hmm. an intentional strategy um she's probably happy about it but she also doesn't care about what people think of her Jets she's already said that her team has already emphasized that multiple times that she doesn't think she's doing anything wrong with her jet use so I don't think that's like top of the line of concerns for her public image right it's, now <laughs> yeah it's not um you know, speaking of her public image and how we were talking about our taylor swift and travis 
are they in a real relationship? Is it a fake? I have read a few articles, of course, being like, sorry, everyone, it's fake. And then I think it's Barstool Sports. Did you see this? They had, I think they were talking on their podcast. They're speculating about it too. And someone was, and one of the hosts said, the only, re- the only way that they'll ever think that they're actually in a real relationship is if they see a sex video. And that <laughs> kind of just like... Yeah, you know, blew everybody up. Like, and I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, of Barstool course. Sports, love them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that's everyone thinks every relationship is PR. Whether that's mm-hmm. because uh, Taylor's closeted or Harry's closeted or or this is good for both of them. Like, it's like every celebrity, especially Taylor, has been plagued with all of these sort of things. So it's like at the end of the day, what what does it matter? Like mm-hmm. you can speculate it, speculate on it or not, but it's like, she's still going to the Chiefs game. Like, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's more like, yeah, at this point, it doesn't surprise me or feel worthy of like the attention it's getting right now because it's like, no matter who she was dating, it'd be getting this attention. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like, it's less, interesting than everyone seems to make it because I'm like yeah it's like she's either dating him or she's not and if she's not she's getting the attention she wanted and if she is then she's still dating him so it's like (laughs) you know it it starts to feel sort of circular where you're like yeah as it looks they're both getting something from this that they both want to keep getting and so whether that's business so that they're both selling things and she's getting to you know promote her movie every single commercial break that's great (laughs) and if they're just they're hard launching their serious committed relationship then it's like that's great too you know yeah they are seemingly dating you guys they are seemingly dating (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah it's it's interesting to see um the coverage like because I think you and I we've been Swifties for so long that it's we've seen these sort of ebbs and flows in the attention and respect she gets and it is like I see a lot of Reddit Swifties like clutching their pearls being like oh my gosh she's gonna be overexposed it's gonna give me 1989 war flashbacks like this is gonna be so bad for her brand like why is she doing and I really think that she's aware and the whole world is aware that she's in a totally different place like mm-hmm. than she was with 1989 like just her fame level is just it would take a lot to tear her down at this point because she was already torn down and then clawed her way back into a bigger like love fest than she had been so it seems like she's pretty established and like I don't think she's clutching her pearls over what people are thinking or saying about her like she's top of her game and top mm-hmm. of the game so it's like I can totally see a world where she's just like, you know what? My life took a completely different departure than what I thought. Like with this relationship ending, I can be out. I can find a better balance where I can be social and like seen and socialize and hang out with my girlfriends and whatever. While also maybe manipulating the press as I see fit. Like who knows? Hey, they manipulated her so she can (laughs) use that to her advantage. Yeah. So it's like she's strutting out of the studios. She's going to dinner with Sophie. Like it could all be strategy, but it's also just her life now where she doesn't have to be worried about overexposure because she already crossed that threshold and survived, you know? Yep. Yep. She's also becoming best friends with Brittany Mahone. Yeah. I saw a drama about that. I don't know who that is. She's like a wife or something. Yes. of Of the quarterback. Uh, was just she chiefs and I think the drama you might have seen was from last week everyone was thinking that she was trying to outdo Taylor but she wasn't but she had actually invited Brittany Mahone to dinner and then they were all hanging out like in the suite and during the game so she's yeah I guess besties. people don't like her I don't know I don't really I know. know the drama but I guess some people don't like her because they think that she's she's hungry and she's like mm-hmm. fame she's like trying to be Hey, if I was Taylor. if I was adjacent to Taylor, I'd probably be looking real thirsty mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing this podcast. Hello, how yeah. thirsty can you get? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she seems to be enjoying her break. I didn't even realize it was going to extend so long because she's not going back on tour until November 9th. Yeah, until she goes to um, South America. 
So do you think she has big plans for the 1989 rollout since she has this like free time? I hope so. And I wonder if people are going to be going to New York for release week because that would be an epic release week too. No, they got to find that beach wherever she's <laughs> planting her 1989 Coney Island. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer a city theme. <laughs> Just kidding. Go to California. Um, yeah. So she has her movie premiere October 13th. Mm-hmm. And then the following week is the 1989 Taylor's version release. Um, she hasn't done any singles yet. She hasn't. I'm pretty sure the Welcome to New York. It's not verified if that was even Taylor's version that was playing or if they were using clips of the OG version. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, to me... If I was using Travis Kelsey for press, I would release a love song immediately, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. I I would release, like, whether it's something off of 1989 or New Romantics or something from The Vault. I feel like it's interesting that it's been so hush-hush after so many weeks of being like, here's a special edition, here's a back cover, here's the track list. So, like, mm-hmm. hmm. What's happening? I know. I mean, because you'd think that we'd get a single. Did we only get a single from the last album on the day of release? So with um, Fearless, she released Mr. Perfectly Fine, like, I think like a week or a few days before. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the All Too Well 10-minute version music video. Mm -hmm. But that came out like the day of, so it wasn't early. Yes. What about Speak Now? I don't remember. Speak Now didn't get any press. Okay. No new singles. Well, Speak Now, it released and then she premiered the music video at the concert. Oh, that's right. The day of. It was yeah. the day of. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. It. Um, she seems to want something for 1989 Taylor's version. So it'll be interesting to see if she pulls out all the stops and like does something. But... She also likes a she also likes a quiet release that just proves her staying power. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe she's like, I'll go to all these football games because that'll keep my name out there, and that yeah. will just be my press. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be very Literally. reminiscent. It'll be very yeah. reminiscent of OG nineteen eighty nine time. Yeah, yeah. So that's what people are talking about. Well, which speaking of, um, we got a review the other day that oh. was. No, it's good. I'm always scared um, now. Why? Uh, no. Um, Avocado <laughs> Cat 32. She's. Oh. They said, I'm a baby Swifty. Started listening to her after midnights and there really isn't anyone to catch me up. I would love if they did random episodes like everything you need to know about Taylor and X, like with all the drama, mm. all this, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, perfect timing because we yeah. are sort of going off of our usual shtick and this week we're talking about the original 1989 era and yeah, we are. everything that happened and that we hated and loved and remember mm-hmm. and I also did a little refresh on my TikTok where I spent way too much time remembering all the different inside jokes and easter eggs from the different eras and 1989 okay. is and remains one of my favorite my favorite era is just so much good content. <laughs> well, I mean, and you met Taylor during this. And nothing, I met Taylor. I know. Nothing can compare. I know, but even without that, it was just such a wild, it was such a wild time in Swiftyhood because again, she became like suddenly a much bigger star. She crossed over mm-hmm. into pop. So it was like a big deal. She was like older. It seemed more, you know, she was like owning what she wanted and she, you know, let go of the whole country starlet persona mm-hmm. um and this is when you got the secret sessions it's when you got swishmas it's when you got taylorking and um you know the tumbler of it all like everything was just like zeroed in on connecting and that caused all sorts of hilarious drama for me personally mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It caused you personal drama or were you like just like watching all this personal no, drama yeah. <laughs> go on, like people getting in fights on Taylor over like online jealousy and Swifties yeah. just ganging up on each other. Yeah, that one. Yeah. 
Well, because you and I hadn't met slash done this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 1989 came out in 2014, which Mm -hmm. is crazy. Um, And I was in New York at the time. You were in Philly. Philadelphia, yeah. And um, East Coast babes. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so I hadn't been like, like I hadn't been attached to like the Harry Styles of it all. Like I thought that whole like, because they dated right before in like the 2012 era and she was on her red tour for such a long time. And so I was like enjoying that, loving it, having a good time. It wasn't like I was emotionally attached to their relationship and or breakup. But then I you know, there started to be whispers that it was time for a new Taylor record and she'd already cut her hair. She already started wearing her little crop top sets and like, Mm -hmm. you know, traipsing across New York looking very 2014 sophisticated young, you know, (laughs) bearing those abs and those legs. I honestly think one of the bigger moments was when she showed up at the, was it the VMAs in that little like romper, the like long sleeve blue romper? That was like shocking to the system. I want to find it. Find it because I can I can think of her in rompers during that time and in outfits. But I cannot think of her blue romper. Yeah, I this, this one. The oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I, okay, so you guys, this was her romper. She had this blue romper on, and when we say romper, it's not like the rompers of today where they go all the way to no. the ground. It's it was like a more body like a leotard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was really, I wasn't sure I liked this outfit. Oh, yeah. It was very different. It was very strange. It was at the MTV Music Awards and it was, yeah. So it was, it was in August of 2014, I think. So it was right before 1989 came out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this new style? (laughs) Yeah. You could tell Um, that we had entered into a new era. Yeah, yeah. Just like, what's going on? Yeah, no, she definitely already announced it at this point. Um, cause the oh yeah, cause the the live stream was like the week before, so the where okay. she announced "Shake It Off" and premiered "Shake It Off" and talked about 1989. That was like August 14th, if I remember correctly, <laughs> and and then this was like her first big public showing where she walks in looking like so fly but in a very different look for her yeah and everyone was like damn what's coming what's coming down the pipeline yeah so it really started off with a bang yeah Doug. she's just and, and the the whole era it's very reminiscent of reminiscent of what's going on now which is really ironic just her name is everywhere yeah her name <laughs> was everywhere then and people are just you know the whole was it the taylor swift dreaming everyone being like oh yeah this swift like, mean you know swift to mean you know shake it off came out people in their minds did not like taylor yeah and then they heard the song on the radio shake it <laughs> off and they were like i like the song the song is so great who is it <laughs> Taylor Swift and they're like no but I don't like Taylor Swift yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are being thrown for a curve because red they didn't really like red they didn't like country Taylor they didn't just didn't like Taylor yeah. and then when this song came out they're like but do I like Taylor yeah. <laughs> and I can bet you bottom dollar to like million dollars that they are loving Taylor Swift right now those people yeah. who are like oh I don't know if I like her I'm just feeling <laughs> like you know being like I don't know, snobby about it. Now they're like so yeah. obsessed with Taylor. Yeah. So what was your sort of public interface as a Taylor fan? Because I became someone that a lot of people were like, you know, she doesn't write her own stuff or like, you really <laughs> think she's the one on Tumblr? Like I was like the Taylor Swift guru, but no one trusted me because they all just believed it was fake or forced somehow. So I remember, so during this time, 2014, I was married a year and my husband was getting his JD MBA and I was working at the school he was getting his, his degree from. And a part of this program, there was a bunch of wives that were married to students. And so they called them like Wharton wives. Uh So I was hanging out with them and it was funny how they're like, I mentioned something about Taylor Swift and they're like, you like Taylor Swift? This person likes Taylor Swift. So it was kind of like dating for me. Like, 
if I said I liked Rihanna, no one would be like, oh my gosh, she loves Rihanna. <laughs> so when they heard I liked Taylor Swift, it was like, this person liked Taylor Swift. So everyone was just trying to like push me away to people to talk about people. So I remember during this time, you know, going to an event and these two women who liked Taylor Swift as much as I did, we were just like gabbing about Taylor. And then they're like, oh my gosh, did you see she has a new boyfriend? Or, oh my gosh, did you hear this song? Did you hear this rumor? Did you see her hair here? Did you see what she dressed there? So it was really fun to like really embrace other Swifties in person because I wasn't really online. I had a Twitter account, but I wasn't really like a part of you know Tumblr or anything like that. So it was really fun to have like an in-person person who liked Taylor Swift. I do remember people being like, oh, you like Taylor, like getting tickets for 1989, the Air, the, the, the Eras tour, uh, the tour. <laughs> I remember one of my coworkers being like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I know. I know. Like, That's oh, awful. how cute. You're getting Taylor Swift tickets. I was like, yes. <laughs> it was I a am. much easier time. Yeah. It was. It was, it was wonderfully easy. Because it is weird mm-hmm. to think about like how she was very like everyone had name recognition but it was still very divided on who could yeah. be interested about her and what that said about you so it was like my friends yeah there was something about like judgment about it like oh that's really like cute like cute little twee pop like whatever even though my friends were also like obsessed with one direction or whatever but it was weird how taylor was like in her own I don't know, kind of bubble of respectability and like people were constantly questioning it at this time where it was like, oh, she works with Max Martin and Shellback. They're the ones who write the songs. The pop stars just sing them. She's just a voice for them. And so you also had this era where she started asserting herself more, um, which I valued as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, the album came out in October. So October... 27 right yeah oh yeah (laughs) yeah October 27th 2014 and then the tour started May 5th 2015 Mm -hmm. and when did you start dating Calvin because I remember that too was that that it was it was it was like that spring so I remember being at a fight night for a Wharton event and those two women were like did you see Taylor Swift and Calvin? And I hadn't. And so I was like, no. So I remember where it was. I remember what I was wearing when I heard that she was dating Calvin Harris. So yeah. yeah so it was like right video. before her tour started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, yeah. So there was a lot going on. Do you have any favorite stories from before the album came out, like her promotion stuff? Uh, the, the cat commercial was that before the album came out or was that after how you get the girl with all the diet cokes oh yeah I that must have been right before was. yeah 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 that was so before because it was one yes. of those promo singles that's one of right promo singles <laughs> she's drinking the diet coke and every single time she takes a sip of the diet coke a new cat appears yeah. and then by the very, very, very end, you guys, this whole room is just full of cats. And then Taylor puts her hand up and she's like holding a Diet Coke. I, I like significantly that remember that and I loved that commercial. <laughs> it was, it was pretty great. That is so funny. I remember the story of her like walking through Central Park doing an interview and the fan like rose up in her little rowboat and was like oh my gosh it's my birthday like I'm so excited for your album and she's like oh what are you doing for your birthday and she's like my friends and I are going to Chipotle and then Taylor just handed her $90 and is like (laughs) everyone was just like how much does she think Chipotle costs so why wouldn't she have suggested somewhere else like it was like just a funny story that caught people's (laughs) attention just this like random amount of cash that she happened to be carrying on herself it was just like who is this person (laughs) I thought that was so funny. But yeah, 1989 was the secret session. So the soft launch of that was the live stream where she invited us back to her house. But no one could have anticipated what came next because like suddenly people were like, like it's just unheard of. Like I'm trying to remember what it was like when people first started describing this because she just invited Swifties to get on a bus sign away their phones and their material goods and drive to an undisclosed location. And then suddenly they realize it's Taylor Swift's house, um, whether that's in Tribeca, whether that was in Nashville or LA. Um, 
and she just had these listening parties where she played the whole album for them and like made cookies and she was vlogging at this time so there were a lot of like videos about it everyone was like on tumblr talking about it without talking about it Mm -hmm. um it was just so wild it was absolutely unheard of and just really really good press for her at the time (laughs) it's great press and like I said I wasn't online so I wasn't really involved in that I I imagined it was just a very toxic place to be for some people <laughs> because as, as we've seen secret sessions in the back, people feel mm. like they have some kind of sense of responsibility or ownership over everything. And they kind of like to hold, not everybody, some people who've been to the secret sessions like to ho- hold it over. Like, Oh, I know best because I was there and Taylor said this to me. And it's like, you know, there, there were word is like the golden Bible. And it's very interesting. Very and it gets, And it gets people jealous, which is just a natural response. But some people, they feel like they're better than everyone else because Taylor and I back. (laughs) Well, it was wild because, like I said, she started this thing called Taylor King, or that's like Mm -hmm. the name that started. And so that's how in that last tail end of 2014, she started picking out fans to do Swiftness, where she would just Mm -hmm. like custom build gift boxes for these fans and like you know, she did a vlog of her like wrapping them and it was like, oh my gosh, Olivia's like rolling around on this sweater. Can you believe it? Like it was all very cutesy, very generous, like very sweet. And so then she started to like follow people on Tumblr and she'd follow people who she met at secret sessions and she'd be like, oh, you know, like it was a lot of involvement, like hands-on approach where she was in people's DMs being like, I'm so sorry to hear about your breakup. Like here's the five songs that got me through my last one or whatever. And so it was, like, nice to see all this, like, personal interaction and, like, humor. But then, yeah, you had these Swifties who became obsessed with, like, Taylor followed, Taylor liked, like, just ranking how many views or interactions they got. And one of the funniest things was, like, early in 2015, she was at, like, the Brit Awards or something, and she saw one of the fans that she supposedly recognized and, like, went up and gave him, like, a kiss on the cheek and posed for a photo with him. And this this guy was very – I don't remember what the drama was, but people thought he was a bad person and, like, mm-hmm. he was a hater. Maybe he said something offensive or racist even. I don't remember. But what I do remember is that Tumblr had a huge meltdown over this, and Taylor <laughs> – Taylor, who was also active on Instagram at the time, like very much posting whatever she felt like, didn't have to be polished. She posted a photo of her wearing these gloves that says love and hate. And she was like, choose the right one. And it was like (laughs) where love was on her right hand. And that was like her statement on the issue. And like, it was just, and that caused more of an uproar because people were like, Taylor's not listening to us. There's real problems here. And like, and Taylor would go on these breaks where, you know, she wouldn't be on Tumblr for a few weeks and people would be like, we drove her away with our toxicity. Like you have to stop or she'll leave again. Like all this sort of like infighting. It was a very wild time. Very, very wild. Very entertaining. Seems like Um, it was exhausting. Yeah. (laughs) I did get a Taylor follow. Um, Oh my gosh. On Tumblr or Twitter? No, Tumblr. I, Yeah. And um, the thing is that people would like when she released a single or when she released the album, it was like people would just reblog themselves in the hope of getting her, you know, attention. And so it'd just be like Tumblr was just a mess to go through because it would just be like 700 scrolls of just the same person posting their stuff over and over. Is Tumblr Um, still a really big thing? I feel like Tumblr, the height of Taylor Swift, like where I left off with Tumblr and Taylor Swift's reputation. And I kind of feel like she might have faltered away. I think she might have liked stuff, but she's not really active on Tumblr anymore. She's definitely not active anymore. She did some for Lover, I think. Um, Okay. But then that ended. Um, Yeah, no, Tumblr was like where she posted her Apple letter where she's like, you need to do better streaming rights. I remember that. Um, And so she's used it for other like long form essays like the politics one or no, the politics was on her Instagram, but... um, the Spotify letter, uh, and then her um, Scott Borchetta selling her master's mm-hmm. one. So, yeah, I don't think she loved how it turned out. <laughs> but there were some good times. Like the No It's yeah. Becky shirt came from Tumblr. Did mm-hmm. you Were you aware of that whole trend? 
Yeah. 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 So, and then on top of that, you have her like interacting. She has, you know, she's like meeting all these famous people and becoming friends with them. Like the Heim sisters, she went on their little trip and finally showed her belly button for the first time in her career. For people who are baby Swifties now, there are so many people speculating if Taylor Swift had a belly button. Yeah. Everyone was like, does Taylor have a belly button? We've never seen it. She wears a lot of like high crop stuff. And even before we just have never seen it. And then that made so many articles when she was in a two piece bikini, I think on a boat, you could see her belly button. And there were like captions, Taylor Swift has a belly button, (laughs) which is so funny to have, have an article written about you. Like we didn't know it, but it's here. (laughs) Well, what's funny is she did know it. Like she was chronically online. And so she came out and was like, we saw like some paparazzi on the boat and I didn't want them to get the first picture, like to get a good deal out of it. So I posted the picture first. And so that was just like how online Taylor was. She was really yeah. in tune with like a lot of drama. She was using a lot of like memes. Like this is the era where she used the like whale meme yes, where it's like whale. I'm coming out of the ocean to tell you to stop type thing. The yes whale was also her on a tour boat, like just yes. screaming at whales. Um, okay, so hold on. What's the difference between the whale thing? I know the yes whale, yas whale, yas whale. What's so the whale thing? I at one you. point, <laughs> I automatically thought it was the yas whale. I don't want to mix stories, but I'm fairly certain that it was right after her and Carly Kloss were seen at the 1975 concert, and people were saying that they'd been kissing. Mm-hmm. And so she released this. Twitter joke where she has the meme of this whale. It's like a it's like a famous meme at the time, so like 2014 internet humor, but it was like an orca jumping out and it's like I came out of the ocean to tell you to stop. And that's how she announced this statement where she's like for my birthday I'd like to ask the media to stop okay. accusing me of dating my friends. Yes, I remember the statement. I didn't remember that she put it to put the whale out there. Okay. Yeah. Honestly iconic. It's so funny. She I mean, and it's hard to like talk about 1989 because you get a lot more insight into her mental space through like the Miss Americana documentary. Um, and clearly she was kind of struggling to wanna be the cool kid and like maybe overselling herself or, you know, she regrets how I um how like isolating it was to see this like pretty blonde group of girls and like pretend it's girl power mm-hmm. um and so she's like talked and reflected on that a lot but at the time it was just like we were getting fed constantly like she was always posting on instagram about her parties her boyfriend like she was posting family photos this is where you get like the easter egg hunt with or no that might have been reputation but she was very active like posting about her brother her mom her boyfriend her friends it was just a different time like she was really, really social media. Well, <laughs> she hadn't, I think around this time, 2014, I think that's when Shree came into the picture. Oh, yeah. Of being her publicist. Yeah. So it was, it's it's a very interesting dynamic of Taylor not really having to, you know, she had a public persona and, of course, a, a personal private persona, but she was very open for, for us. Like you said, she fed us so much stuff and she knew she was famous. She knew she was like on the top of her game, but I don't think she knew how that would shift her relationship yeah. with us and how that would just shift, shift her mental space. Yeah. And so I think as soon as we saw a tree come on and be her publicist during the 1989 era, like out of, it might've been towards the end of 1989 era, but tree really was fairly new to her as she went into, as she was forced into her reputation era. I'm curious when they started. I want to say it was 2014 or 2015 when they got together. Cause I thought yeah, it was a so lot it was 2014. Yeah. Um, and she was brand new. Like yeah. Tree was a baby when it came to doing what she did. I, no, I mean, yeah. not a baby, but like she, I don't think she had anyone of this caliber yeah no it was just in april of 2014 right as taylor moved to new york and stuff and started the rollout for 1989 so yeah she was like definitely experimenting with her newfound freedom and voice which is something she talked about as she promoted 1989 where she was like i wanted to do this 
I wanted to call it 1989. I didn't want my name on the album cover. I wanted to go full pop. And this is where like the stories of her being like, yeah, my team, like Scott didn't think it was a good idea. They said, throw some country on here. They said, you have to have your name or your face on the album. You can't just do this. And so it really was like a moment where she was insisting on her her skill set as like a businesswoman. And that's where a lot of the calculating language came about. Um, but this is also where she discovered feminism thanks to Lena Dunham but you know <laughs> I love I love the sigh because as soon as you gave the sigh I knew where we were going into that <laughs> I know so it was like a lot of like early you know 101 white feminism where she's like you know women have to support women like you can't be mean to me type thing and so that's where you get a lot of her snafus with like stepping in it when Nicki Minaj is like rightfully calling out the favoritism or you know, um, lack of diversity in Grammy nominations or whatever. And Taylor's like learning diversity. how to navigate it. And she's like, she's doing her little like interviews where she's talking about the different, um, the misogyny and music critique and how Ed Sheeran can write about his relationships and doesn't get the same press that Taylor does. And so you get like a lot of good sound bites and clips where she's really navigating this, like, you can't, you can't like talk down to me anymore because I know your game. Um, And this is also where she really starts to highlight her songwriting process where she does her Grammy museum sessions. Um, I mean, 1989, the deluxe edition has three songwriting like behind the scenes tracks because it was like a priority to her to be taken seriously as a songwriter. And she's like, here's how I do it. Here's the tea. Here's the receipts. And again, tried with the Grammy Museum sessions where she did the same thing, talking about different songs she wrote. And you can tell she's strengthening her voice. She's really trying to be taken seriously. And still people doubted her. And it was so frustrating to me as a fan to be like met with this like onslaught of just like no way, like whatever, who cares? Like, and I'm like, (laughs) you know, indignant that they won't take her at her word, but also just like. Yeah, it, it was – she was definitely sharing a lot, which I I really found fascinating and interesting as a fan, obviously. Yeah, and I find – what I find interesting is we knew that – we do know at the beginning of 2014, that's when Tree came on, and that's when Taylor – she became – like you said, her relationship with her fans, she was reaching out to them, she was liking them, she was just putting everything. I wonder if her switching from her old publicist to Tree – kind of gave her that freedom like maybe tree was like oh go do that go do that you be free and i do wonder how her her old publicity publicist i can't say publicist i can't publicist talk, yeah <laughs> publicist would have would have taken her through this because i yeah. feel like tree has like stood by her they have a really close friendship and i just do wonder what she could have avoided or what other crashes could have happened if she would have stuck where she was Well, I think it was more about being seen as a mature adult, like even in Taylor's circle, like red, you know, she wasn't ever really credited, even though she would Mm -hmm. get like awards and accolades and like, you know, Fearless One album of the year, like that's nothing to like snark on, but she was seen as childlike, right? Like even her persona Mm -hmm. was very like, hey, y'all, like look at my curly hair, my boots and my pretty like dresses. And then red, it was like granny kennedy like rolling around in her 1950s get-ups like just Playing wanting to be seen as mature but not actually looking her age like she overshot it somehow mm-hmm. and so i think if anything tree was like okay we can we don't have to infantilize you anymore like you're a strong woman like let's focus yeah. on that and taylor yeah. and probably you know everyone involved was like you can grow up now type thing not giving her permission but more okay, it's time. You can yeah. shed your, your chrysalis and, some, and step into the void. And sometimes you need someone who wasn't there with you the past few eras as you grew up to start. Yeah. Cause it's not like, it's not like they're looking at you like you're a child still. Like yeah. Said. Yeah. So I think it was just like a perfect storm of, mm-hmm. you know, all these, all this attention, all this, you know, it was a really well-received album. It was a huge deal, a huge tour. Yeah. And then on top of that, she's doing these appearances with huge stars. You know, she's she has Zendaya in a music video. Like, it's like everyone was zeroed in on her personal life. And so you got a lot of, like, content around that, whether that was mm-hmm. 73 Questions with Vogue or 
her posting her own like in fourth of july parties or you know mm-hmm. vlogging about the first time she hung out with blake lively like it's just it was definitely an exposed time and yes um we we even I got it. <laughs> you said zendaya bad blood we got yeah. you know two female celebrities airing out their dirty well one airing out their dirty drama in front of everybody and Taylor navigating that situation and that Katy Perry drama from when she talked about bad blood. Yep. Yep. Um, So it, you know, it was very interesting because Kate, because Taylor has always said she has never told anybody what her songs, who her song is really about. So when she released bad blood, didn't Katy Perry, she was, she was in an article and she kind of told everybody what had happened. No, no. Taylor, Taylor planted the seed. And oh. we could argue all day about what she intended, but she was being interviewed before the album came out and was like, everyone just assumes these are about relationships. And then she plays Bad Blood and she's like, I could just tell you this is about a boyfriend, but like, it's not. It's about a work issue where I mm-hmm. felt betrayed by someone who like took my dancers. Like she gave enough facts that it was very easy to quickly okay. figure out that it was Katie. And then Katie reacted to people figuring it out and was like, I didn't know we had bad blood type thing. And it was just like a lot. And honestly, a lot of people theorized that she just said that because she didn't want all her songs to be breakup tracks and that she just was like, what could this be about? Uh. <laughs> well, then she she leaned very heavily into that with the music video too, of having yeah. like all these like top A-listers in the music video think like, you know, fighting Dunking each other. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For no apparent reason. Um, yeah. She did a lot of music videos. Um, it's a good thing you have a good memory because I'm like, uh, phasey, <laughs> hazy, here I go. I'm in a cloud of hormones right now. So, No, like Bless I said, I, I loved this era. I mean, I think there was just so much content that I found mm-hmm. very amusing and validating and interesting. Like she was a feminist as I was becoming like, no, I'd been a feminist before her, for the record. <laughs> but it was, like, validating to hear her vocalize this. Um, she was living in New York. I was living in New York. I was prancing around town with my much less glamorous girl squad. And so it was, like, easy to feel like she was living that new romantics era. Like, that's mm-hmm. that was your, your 20s, you know? It was, like, I never liked Calvin, but, like, good for them like you know being cutesy I liked seeing them together because it's like they're matching they has a mature relationship yeah <laughs> yeah and then it all fell apart which um I feel like is less necessary to cover because everyone knows about it <laughs> yeah um it was a huge and, mess yeah. and we can cover that too I think going into because that leads you right into the reputation era like yeah exactly why she went away yeah and yeah We'll and we did that. <laughs> we did cover that pretty heavily in the beginning of our yes. of our podcast too. Oh, full circle. So, yeah. I know. And and the only song we've covered on 1989 was Out of the Woods, I think, when we did a couple throwbacks while we were waiting for Reputation the album mm-hmm. to come out. Um and so you can obviously listen to that, but then I guess as we prepare for uh 1989 to come out in a couple weeks, what songs are you excited to hear again, excluding the vault tracks that we talked about last week? Um, if, if you guys are watching this, I kind of like did a little side because Wonderland, I'm <laughs> very excited about. I, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a great one. Style will be great. Um, clean will be wonderful too. And I know mm. There's just going to be so many good things. Because I remember listening to 1989, driving back and forth from, like, the main line in Philadelphia to Center City. And I just remember listening to all of them. And I don't think I really skipped over a lot. There's some I might have zoned out for. But it was such a great album. Mm -hmm. What songs are you excited for? Yeah, I mean, I am excited. I'm excited. I'm curious because this is, like, the first one where she'll sound pretty similar like obviously yeah. her voice has strengthened but 1989 wasn't in my memory that long ago <laughs> I guess um, we're coming on a decade almost 10 years <laughs> horrific um so it's I almost wonder if I'll be more like defensive of changes because like listening mm-hmm. to the look what you made me do 
track that she had on the TV show, you know? Yeah. She sings it so differently that I'm sort of like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what she made me do. It was just like giving Alexis Rose. And yes. I'm <laughs> and I'm curious about like I'm curious about how she'll reinterpret these songs. Obviously, they stay pretty true so that the everyman probably wouldn't notice a difference. But since it's an album that I listen to a lot, I'm curious if I'll hear it and if it'll be unsettling or if I'll be like, yes, because it's not like Fearless or Red where I'm like, oh, I'd love this song a lot better if she sang stronger. Well, this is probably the first album that a lot of people listen to a lot. Yeah. I, so it, it's going to be interesting to see the reactions because the majority of the public have listened to this. This was their introduction to Taylor. Yeah. So I think it'll be exciting to see how yeah. it's received. Like you said, how she reinvents it. It's a, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. that, that little I patch. think Wildest Dreams will be good. Like all of it will be good, obviously, but I think that's one that I'll be like, if she has that like richness she has live on tour. Like, I think it will stand out even more. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I think Clean will be nice to hear. Yeah, well. Um, Honestly, You Are In Love, which I hate the subject matter, but I do love that song. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that Kendrick Lamar is going to be doing a remix with her? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like Mm -hmm. she would have had that that. on the the album. Hmm. So it seems like it didn't work out or I don't know. I don't know how the ownership works with that. But yeah, I mean, you forgive, you forget, but you never let it go. It's like (laughs) seared into my mind. So I don't know, but I think it'll be fun and it'll be interesting to see if she releases any sort of promo singles or talks about it ever again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like she's going to have to. Yeah. But maybe we should have a fan vote about what song we should cover next week from 1989 as we we prepare. Okay, how do we do that? Do we do it like we put them out together, like first track one and track two, track three and track four, and then kind of like a little uh, bracket? Oh, yeah. Or or do we just put... Or we just put a voting box, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I was like, we could make it very intense. We could also just make it easy on us. Yeah. We already did Out of the Woods, so... Don't need to do that, but anything else, fair game. Okay. That'll be up on our stories tomorrow, then, you guys. What song? Yeah. If you had your choice, what song would you want to do? I guess I think Blank Space has the richest history, mm-hmm. but I think people sleep on I Wish You Would, and yeah. I would love to unpack that a little bit more. Hey, you guys, the <laughs> pressure is on. Let's see if we if we make Shelby happy or yeah. not. And Wonderland would be fun, too. Yeah, so. Wonderland would be Or I Know Places, that has that has a lot we could talk about, That's too. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we talked about Out of the Woods with Harry Styles, so maybe less, but still a bop. Still a bop. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at Swiftish Podcast. Um, and... TikTok, uh, Millennial Swifty, or sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> or Swiftish <laughs> Podcast, or I don't remember my username, but I did do a deep dive into everything. Um, I don't know if there's a football game this weekend, but if there is, we'll be covering it next week. So <laughs> <laughs> until then, I'm Shelby and I'm Ashley and Taylor. We're excited for your version, for sure, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Yes. <laughs>